0: Radio begins in three, two, one. So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? That's the kind of conversation we would have. Finding out your story,
1: where you're from. God's the judge. People have to live to their own conviction. The science is clear. The Bible is clear. And if we're honest, our intuitions are clear. We know what we're killing. We're killing a human being.
0: It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio, mail call, delivery bag, Q&A, infotainment, nationwide extravaganza. Featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives.
1: Any special message for all the kids watching at home.
0: What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall freel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Not that you ask what I do
2: during that interminably long introduction... But I'm going to tell you, I took my little coffee cup. And by the way, I'm, is this going to stop me from drinking coffee? No. Nevertheless, I can't help but observe. I've got a white styrofoam cup where I put scalding hot coffee into it because I like it hot. And it's uh, its basically leaking out of the pores of the styrofoam. But I'm sure it's not hurting my esophagus or my stomach. <laughs> because it's so hot. <laughs>
1: because it's me. You're the, you're the only person I've ever seen take a hot, cup of coffee, and then put it in the microwave.
2: No, I'm not. (laughs) Well, we are legion when we (laughs) like our coffee. Where did I get that from? Maybe my grandpa. I always remember my grandfather. He lived to be 104 years old. Not quite off the boat from Italy, but his parents were. And he would make his his pot of coffee. It would almost inevitably spill on the stove because he used one of those Pyrex brew, you know, the white one with the little blue thing on. And then everybody runs. Coffee's over. Get the coffee. He'd pour himself a cup of the most rancid coffee. By the way, rancid coffee. It's a Latin word. Folgers. And then he would take a sip of his coffee and he would bang every time. He'd bang his fist on the table and go, ah, that's coffee. (laughs) And he always wanted it hot. We go to a restaurant. Friel, we did not ask for your genealogical tales. We'd go to a restaurant. He'd order coffee. And the waitress would come back and say, do you want a refill? Back when wait people used to do, back when we had waitresses, actually, would you like some more coffee? Is it hot? Is it hot coffee? <laughs> well, it's, I don't know. I've been carrying it around. No, I need hot coffee. So do I. <laughs> I need hot coffee. And it dawned on me whilst I was sipping my beverage could pretty much finish three cups. That opening is so long. And it's not nearly as hot as I like. In fact, it's not hot. It's barely warm. It's kind of tepid. And I'm not enjoying it. I realized I like hot coffee and drinking the very same substance at a different temperature is not as pleasing. Why in the world should we even ponder something so petty? Where did we get that? How did, how did we evolve this temperature thing in our mouths? Is something that can make a food more enjoyable or not? This is, this is why Waitrons run, or at least should, from the kitchen to the table to get it on the table hot! Because we like certain things, a certain temperature, and some things are exquisite when they are at the precise temperature that is so pleasing to the palate. That's a gift from God. Flavors and tastes. What a panoply he has prepared for us to consume. What a banquet he gives us. What a culinary master he is. He concocted these ideas. These, are, these don't just happen out of the blue. He's the one who went, there's going to be temperatures. Why is it? What is temperature? Why do we have such? a The world could not have temperatures, but it does. Why? Because sometimes it makes for blessing. Sometimes it makes for difficulty as he goes about the business of providentially ordering the culture and the entire world for that matter. And he has prepared tastes and taste buds and temperatures so that his children can enjoy his benevolence, and yet, how often we forget everything good, everything are you standing erect today God God is holding you up. God has made you so that your muscles connect to your tendons to connect to the bones, so that you can walk, you can play around of golf, you can do fun things, you can help people. All gifts from God, even this rather tepid and unpleasant coffee. Please send your questions, comments, conundrum, snarks to idea at wretched.org. So what you're saying. I knew you weren't going to get to it. I absolutely (laughs) knew it.
1: I should be enjoying God's benevolence rather than complaining about the temperature in my office.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We got a bit of an HVAC issue in Jimmy's (laughs) office. That's just. Noted. Please send whatever you got to idea at wretched.org. All right,
1: this comes from Tim who says, Todd, you recently said that we may be coming to a point where we'll have to vote for the lesser of two evils. <laughs> for example, if both candidates don't believe in God and are pro-choice, how should I vote? So is there a is there a possibility that I don't
2: vote for any candidates that don't line up with biblical truth? Yeah. I I'll I'll just tell you where I fall on that because there would be some people who would say no, I, I, you can't vote for, for somebody who's just kind of evil. They would say you, you don't do that. Well, I would say it's a conscience issue to pull the levers for somebody who's not as terrible as the other candidate. If it violates your conscience, don't do it. But the question is, should we not do it at all? And I think the answer is, I don't think so. Because even when you're dealing with the lesser of two evils, you are voting for more righteousness. Even though it's less evil, it's still a greater degree of righteousness than the other really wicked guy or gal. So I do think that we should keep voting. It's just going to be unpleasant. (laughs) Increasingly, it's going to be harder. You're going to have to gulp. Get a bunch of clothespins for your family that are of voting age so that they can put them on their noses when they go into the voting ballot box. This is going to get harder and harder and more difficult, but I would contend that if we don't vote, we are voting for evil. We are voting for the bad guy because we're not helping the, least, the less terrible fellow do more righteousness because he does less evil. Fun? Not really. Should we vote? Absolutely. Jimmy, you agree with that or uh, not? Yeah,
1: I do. I do. I completely agree with
2: that. Huh. So you're willing to overlook the temperature in your office? Now? <laughs> well, this is maybe, a different, maybe not. It's a different situation. Alrighty, then. What do you got? <laughs> All right, from Derek, who says,
1: uh, Todd, what are your thoughts about Christians going to haunted houses? Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's talk about Halloween, shall we? It is whack-a-mole time. We talk about it every single year, but it pops itself back up again because it's an annual event. I will tell you my take. That's precisely what it is, and I would never seek to impose this on anybody. I'll just tell you how I noodle through the issue. Do I believe that Halloween is satanic? Well, yeah, I suspect so. In some quarters, it is. Does it even have satanic origins? Um, even if it does, let's I'll just seed. Yes, it does. That's, there's the concession. Yes, it does have those historical roots. But we're living today, and in our culture, kids dress up. They don't really know why, Neither do the parents, other than we've been seeing all the costumes in the stores and the kids have been wanting one, so to not let the kid go out for candy is criminal. So we just do it. And I think that's fine because you're not doing a satanic thing. You're not doing a demonic thing. You're not participating in the evil. Putting a costume on a child that isn't demonic and dark I don't think that's a sin. Now, incidentally, you could put a child in a pumpkin suit and it could be satanic because you do a ritual with it. It has some sort of satanic symbolism that you are aware of. But otherwise, I think putting a kid in a pumpkin costume, do they still make those? I don't I don't I just don't think it's a sin. I, I, I don't think that you are participating in the evil of some, whether historically or in our current day, I think you're just sending your kids out to trick or treat should a parent go to a haunted house with a child is a slightly different question, and the reason that I would say no is because I'm not aware of a haunted house that isn't ghoulish that isn't demonic that isn't dark Mrs. Freel, I'm telling you it i, I I've seen it this year more than ever. Increasingly, she dislikes all of the symbols of Halloween. We always have. We've noticed we like to walk, getting in our steps. Frio, we don't need to know about your walking patterns. We all understand your coffee habits and your grandparents' drinking problem. We go walking and we notice the decorations seem grander at Halloween than they do at Christmas time and certainly at easter time does anybody deck maybe a bunny goes up or something but that's about it and we've seen that the dark representation it's it's more and i think you can as a christian do fall things pumpkins corn stalks without it being demonic if you can find yourself a haunted house that isn't demonic rock on go get scared if that's your bag but i just don't think that we should be participating in that form of darkness this is wretched radio 2
1: In November 2020, Tim Challies and his wife, Aileen, received the phone call Every Parent Treads. Their 20 year old son, Nick, while away at seminary, collapsed and died. As Tim and his wife traveled to Louisville, Tim began to do the only thing he knew to do to process his loss. He began to write. And now all of his writings, some of which have been shared publicly, some not until now for the first time, have all been compiled into his latest book, Seasons of Sorrow, The Pain of Loss and the Comfort of God. Seasons of Sorrow is a book for anyone that is loved and lost. It benefits those that are working through sorrow or those that are comforting others. You'll not only see how God is sovereign over loss but how good he is in those moments. You'll discover how to pass through times of grief while keeping your faith and you'll learn biblical doctrine can work itself out even in life's most difficult situations. Seasons of Sorrow, available now in the Wretched Store at wretched.org.
2: 59 million people died last year from diseases like heart disease, cancer, diabetes. But the number one leading cause of death, its very own category of 42.6 million lives that ended abortion. It is hands down the number one leading cause of death on the globe and that statistic can overwhelm us and cause us to give up but it should motivate us to get engaged, get involved and fight for one life at a time and we can do that through preborn.org slash wretched $28 buys an ultrasound 80% of the time mom chooses life. That is a good investment that saves lives. Would you please consider supporting as many ultrasounds as you can at preborn.org
0: slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Basil of Caesarea was a bishop of Caesarea in the 4th century. He was a defender of orthodoxy and wrote several important works proving the divinity of the Holy Spirit and refuting the Arian heresy. Most importantly, he introduced the Trinitarian formula, describing God as one being and three persons. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Dad jokes, get
2: your dad jokes here. This is Wretched Radio. Whilst you're busy sending questions, comments, conundrums, or snarks to idea at wretched.org, Jimmy would like to regale you with not just a dad, but a granddad joke. Oh, yeah. uh, So I was telling you that my grandfather...
1: Uh, loved eggs. Mm. He absolutely loved eggs. Mm-hmm. And so when we would go to a restaurant for breakfast, he would uh, order eggs. And then uh, inevitably, every single time the waitress would say, how do you like them? And he would always look up better. And uh, he cherished this moment. He would say, listen, lady, I really
2: like them. Mm-hmm. Listen, lady. Now, what if it were a dude? Uh, well, I don't know what he would say. Listen, lady, because yeah. you could say that today because you don't know <laughs> true. what the person thinks that it Zedzer is. OK, here's the other question that I have for you. OK. Did the waitress have to have that twang you threw on the question? Oh, well, I mean, I'm from Tennessee. So, so it probably was just baked into her language. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, got it. If you happen to be young and you cringe at dad jokes, mark my words well, you're going to be using them. You will say to your kids as you drive by the seminary, you know, that place is really popular, kids. People are dying to get in there. You're going to say it. You are going to regale your children the way that you are currently getting regaled. Count on it. And please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at Wretched. All right, our first one is from uh, Jason, who says, Todd, is
1: it scriptural, is it biblical to anoint every window and door frame in a house with oil
2: and pray to bless the house? Okay, every single door frame and window. Uh, let's ask some questions. What is an anointing with oil? Are there any sort of medicinal? or spiritual potencies inside of that oil that actually do something. Or do we see in the Bible, it was a symbolic ceremony, the setting apart of a building, a person for sacred service. And I think that is what an anointing with oil is. It doesn't have magical properties that cause it to keep demons from slipping through the cracks in your windows. So if you're doing it because you think that it is going to defend and protect this home, I, I I don't think that that is its purpose because it doesn't have those properties. But having said that, could you anoint your house to set it aside for sacred activities? And the answer is, yeah, I think you can. You might not want to let your neighbors see, but I think you can. You could take some oil. You don't need to, with a paintbrush, put it on. As you tell the Lord, you would like this house set aside for holy activities, so that the world can see you inside of our four walls. Please help us to not sin. We set this house aside as a gift from you so that we can grow in godliness. Not a problem in my estimation. I wouldn't make a law. It is a little bit sketchy when it comes to oil. What exactly were they doing? For instance, in the book of James, when the elders would be called together, anoint the sick person with oil. It could be they thought it had medicinal properties, but it could have been that it was a symbolic ceremony. It's almost like fasting, if you will. It's it's, it's just a way to express we're really serious about this. But in this instance, it's a symbolic thing. And so if you use it for those purposes, I say, anoint away. Jimmy, you okay with that? Uh, Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. All right. So we don't have anything to fight about? No, no, not right now. So how are we supposed to fill the time here? (laughs) Let's go to the mailbag. Idea at wretched.org.
1: All right. This is from James, who's 16. James at 16. Yes. Like the TV show. There was a TV show called that?
2: Well, I think it was called James at eight or something. And then (laughs) as the years went by, they had to change it every year because the kid got older. Oh, it was. I think it kind of lost its charm. It was like, leave it to Beaver when 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 Beaver was young. Hey, mom and dad. And then he went through puberty. Hi, mom. I'm home. Not quite as charming as you once were there, Beave. So James, he started out doing a TV show at the age of 12. I think by the James at 26, the guy's married. He has kids. It kind of lost its original appeal. So what does James at 16 have to say? He's taking uh, an apologetics class at his high school, and
1: it's caused him to struggle with the question, will we have free will Mm. in
2: heaven? Mm-hmm. Question Do we have free will on earth? <laughs> I think the answer is nope, it's in bondage to Satan. Do we make genuine choices? Of course we do. But I suspect that young James, and by the way, dude, rock on for better, for worse, and mostly worse, you're listening to Christian broadcasting. Well done, young man. Free will. If, it, if, it's, if it's meaning, will I in heaven be able to choose to sin and fall out of heaven? I think the answer to that question is absolutely not. Now, I, I know that free will, for some people, it's like a, the biggest deal. I got to have free will. Otherwise, I'm just an automaton. Well, just personally, I don't mind being a robot for Jesus. As long as my maker wants to use me in that way, I'm happy all the day. I don't think, though that you are going to be able to choose to sin. And I don't think that that makes you a blank slate or a computer chip that just gets programmed. I think the reason that I can so definitively say, no, you won't be able to choose to sin is because of the cross. What did Jesus accomplish? What did he finish when he died? He accomplished your salvation. And then think, if you will, about Romans 8. Those whom he... Pre-ordained. And by the way, it's, I think it's the aistse uh, I think it's the Aorist tense that, that, that it, is a, it was a thing that was accomplished that has ongoing effects. In other words, you were justified before God even created the world because He determined that you were going to be. Now it was actually accomplished in real time, but it was a settled deal. God's plan was to save sinners totally forever, to keep them in the palm of his hand, that they would never be snatched out and that they would spend eternity in heaven. And it is because of the potency of the cross, I don't think you're gonna have the ability to even think about wanting to sin. And if that makes you feel bad about free will, I would simply encourage you to consider whose will do you want? operating in your life. Don't we say thy will be done? So if it is God's will for me to spend eternity enjoying him because of the work of Jesus on a cross, I don't think I'm going to pout because I don't have free will here. Please send whatever, whether you're 16 or not, to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from anonymous.
1: He wants to know, do you have any games on your phone, Todd? Because Justin Peters has games
2: on his phone. (laughs) I need to talk to Justin. He wants to know if it's okay for Christians (laughs) to have games on their smartphones. Uh, It needs to be qualified, but sure, you can. I think there's a couple of considerations. Is it violent? Is it gross? Is it sexual? I don't think a Christian has any business playing those games because they're just dark and sinful. And what business do we have? with darkness in that capacity. So if it's not that, sure you can, but there's another consideration, how much time you spend it on that phone. Was reading a secular website last night, they do a lot of statistical analysis of surveying people and how they think emotionally, et cetera. For instance, there was an article that said, birth rates are down because women are so anxious, so stressed out, so depressed, so fearful for the future that they're having fewer children than they actually want. They'd like to have more, but they don't because of their psychological state. And I was reading on this particular website a fellow who said that kids are getting addicted to these games and there are ways that you can know. Did Did I save that article? I might have that here someplace. At any rate, it was basically when you tell them to get off, do they get mad? They could be addicted. They're, they're, they're spending hours. You never let your kid binge because it's bad for you. This guy actually recommended 40 minutes a day, one hour on the weekend, and you cannot have your time roll over. Oh, you didn't play any games all week, so this Saturday you get to be on it for seven hours. No, nope. you get 40 minutes during the week, an hour during the weekend, because it does wire the brain. And it's not good for us. And this particular secular psychologist, at least I think he was secular, he was saying that he's seeing so many teenagers. They, of course, don't. But the parents see it. And then he tells the parents, cut them off. Radical amputation. Get rid of the stuff. And the kids go absolutely ballistic. There's an addictive nature to these games. So can you have one on your phone? Sure. Mm, Do you control it or does it control you? what are you putting your eyes on and finally how are you managing your discretionary time are you quick to just go to the phone and immerse yourself whether it's games or youtube videos facebook feeds whatever it is I just, are you are you watching your time and not frittering it away when you could be doing things in service of the lord or spending time with him or studying him or growing in holiness or serving god's people or spending more time with my spouse and my children? Can you have a game on your phone? Well, if Justin Peters has one, the answer is yes, but there are some considerations that you should have before you download a game app. This is Wretched Radio.
1: This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. So typically, I try to steer away from political matters unless they lean into the spiritual realm just a bit. Sometimes that's not always the case, just like now. The most common price of gas in America is $3.39, down from over $5 when I took office. No, gas was right at $2 a gallon when he took office. He's really not okay. And someone else who seems to not be okay. Our folks, we're going to go out first, and then they're going to direct you outside, and I am to take a picture of every single one of you. <laughs> if you're over 18, we got to socially distance for social media. So that's the potential future governor of the state of Georgia, who recently at a gathering of her supporters inside of a packed building without a mask on, told her supporters that they would be exiting the building, and when they got there, she would be taking photos with every one of them. If they were over 18 they had to socially distance for social media not for safety but for the image of social media yeah that's my potential future governor who also thinks more abortions will decrease inflation Okay, this may be a little convoluted and confusing because I'm kind of confused right now, though I'm going to report the story because that's what we do in America now. We report things we don't understand. You may remember we previously reported about PayPal introducing new terms of service and a new user agreement, which threatened to charge members up to a $2,500 fine if they spread misinformation. Well, after a ton of backlash, that was apparently retracted by PayPal. But now multiple reports say... It actually wasn't. The only thing that really did happen was that PayPal denied intentionally meaning to include the provision in their new terms of service, but they never actually removed it. There is a lot of back and forth here, but that's about the gist of what I get out of the story. Honest question, how does what I post on social media have anything to do with PayPal? So the new Black Panther movie is set to be released soon. This message is to all the white people who have BLM in their bio. If you really wanna prove to black people that you love us and you care about us and you are down for the cause, do not go see that movie opening weekend. You buy your ticket, you give it to a black person or a black family who can't afford to go. You make sure that you use your body to block us from anybody who would be coming in that theater to do us harm. I never saw the first Black Panther movie. It has nothing to do with race. It's just not my bag. I'm not interested in those types of movies. But if you're white and you want to see the movie, go see the movie. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hanks.
0: Important dates in Christian history. 432 A.D. After escaping years of slavery in Ireland as a young man, Patrick, a British Christian, returns to Ireland as a missionary. His work results in multitudes of Irish people coming to the Christian faith. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's your turn.
1: This
2: is Wretched Radio hoping... You'll call us. We're lonely. Leave a message. Questions, comments, conundrum, snarks. Don't forget. Church signs. By the way, Jimmy, did you get to that very special church sign yet? I, I did. I did. <laughs> did you love every oh, second of it? I did. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you can send pretty much whatever you want to via your voice if you would call one 877 282
1: Hey, Todd and Jimmy. My name's Will, and I've been listening to Wretched for a couple of years. I was wondering, you guys produce five podcasts or radio shows a week. How do you come up with enough content for that? Do you ever get tired? Just curious.
2: Actually, we make it all up. Pretty much what we do. Uh, Well, actually, to answer the question, yep, we do five hours of radio a week here on Wretched. We also do five TV shows. They're 30 minutes long. It tends to be different subject matter content than what we do here on radio. We try to stay as current as necessary here. Tend to do more evergreen-like subjects on the television program. Where do we come up with all of that content? Well... I don't have a life. I'm just going to admit it. I pretty I haven't seen the sun in years. Actually, a lot of it, thankfully, comes through you when you send stuff to idea at wretched.org. Also, currently, for the first time in 20 years, there's somebody (laughs) who's scouring the Internet for me and then just printing up the stories. They get put into a big pile. I take them home and I read them or I'll read books, what have you, because that's pretty much what I do at night. Pretty glamorous, wouldn't you say? So we just read a lot. The, the nice thing about doing Christian radio and TV is the well never gets empty. It doesn't even come close. You can just keep dipping your bucket down, dipping your bucket down. I don't, I don't think there's any other religion that produces so much everything. I mean, talk content. All right, I've got this file right here. Here, this is, this is I don't know if you can hear this. Can you hear that, Jimmy? Yep, kind of a thin stack. Okay, so that's a thin stack. Now, this is the stuff that could be used at any time. The thin stack was the current stuff. That's that's the evergreen stuff. So here's what I've got in that stack. Real, we didn't ask for details. (laughs) Suffering is plan A. That's that's a subject that we like to visit on occasion. Ten common but illegitimate reasons for divorce. Oh, this is cool. Oh, wait a second. Oh boy, Jimmy! Watch this blessing take place inside of my stack. I've got TMAI in Albania, uh, Masters Academy International. Get their newsletter if, if you're if you support Masters Academy International, and I hope you consider doing so. It is whoa, what a ministry! Just spent a day with Eric Weathers from TMAI. He flew into Atlanta to spend some time with us. Just such a blessing, and they shared this newsletter of how your support is helping to provide the necessary fuel to operate these mini-seminaries all over the country. And listen to the work in Albania. This is what a Master's Academy seminary is doing in Albania. We have identified two potential translators for our ongoing Bible translations project. The work of Christian publishing is especially critical since the Albanian church was nearly extinguished under communism not long ago. Whoa, they're translating the Bible into Albanian. It's a good work. Furthermore, as long as I brought up the subject, TMAI, we're working together to send Bibles to the Philippines, specifically MacArthur Study Bibles. This is such a cool project, putting a study Bible into the hands of God's people. And these are people who go to churches of TMAI graduates who rightly divide the word of truth. So this is a generational impact that we could be having, putting a long-lasting Bible into the hands of moms and dads who teach it and give it to their children, Bible studies, Sunday schools. Whoa, could it be strengthened? You can learn more about that at wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible, because I've got an evergreen stack of content. Because. Christianity just keeps producing stuff after stuff. Okay. So, oh, oh. What, what? Look at that. What is in my that? stack. I don't know why it's in here. It's, why does it? Oh, this is so sweet. This is to Todd. It looks like a fish, a bumblebee. No, it's a bumblebee. I'm sorry. It's a bumblebee from Lydia to Todd saying, thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. That's precious, yep. and I don't even care if you like them figurines or not. That was a precious moment for me. Seven lessons from liberals by Nathan Busnitz. Spurgeon's vision for women's ministry. The article appears in the spring. Um, boy, that was a long one. Ten things you should know about slavery in the Bible. A call to prayer, how to pray, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. In other words, where do we come up with all of this content? It is given to us from all of the great Christians that write or produce an awful lot of great stuff, and you could contribute to that stack by sending stuff that you think is wretched to idea at wretched dot org one eight seven seven two eight two. The wages of sin is death. Is that the sins that we're doing now, or is that the original sin? Um. Well, I think specifically Romans context would say, "What you have earned by your behavior is death." Now, death was introduced from the original sin in the garden, and you could, I think, safely say that verse does accurately describe that Adam and Eve earned themselves a payment. Remember. Your work is is going to be rewarded positively or negatively. It's it's called a wage or a paycheck or a gift or a prize or a medal or punishment, jail, a a restricting of liberties. Everything we do, it it gets one of those two responses because it's a wage. We've earned something good or bad. So the wages of sin is death. That accurately describes Genesis, but I think in context, it's it's a little bit more applicable to us currently. Because we sin, we're going to die, because that is what we have earned for ourselves. (laughs) 1-877-282- Hey, uh, I just wanted to know, when you're doing Witness Wednesday and you need to take a break and you let the college student know, and then you say, this is Wretched Radio, and then the break happens, what do you guys talk about?
1: Or do you leave the student for a moment and then come back? Like, what does that look like from behind the scenes?
2: It's a little tricky. <laughs> In fact, it's tricky sometimes before we start talking because I, I want to be friendly. I want to get to know the person that I'm talking to. So I'll ask questions that don't get into the subject matter I'd hope that we would be addressing. Where do you go? What are you studying at school? Where are you from? Tell me about your family, that sort of stuff. And I'll I'll do that whenever we have to take a break. I just dance around it and try to stay. And if the person goes, okay, so you just said repentance is more than just a changing of the mind. It's, it's a turning and a changing of the will and emotions and affections. Did I get that right? Hold that thought. Hey, look at that person dressed up like a vol. That's a volunteer, Jimmy. Uh, That's your favorite football yeah, team, right there. Yeah, I got there. it. I got it. So I tried. I just try to avoid the subject matter and then get back to it. By the way, we had a very weird day out on the campus this week. Uh, I I ran into some fellas who were doing open air preaching, and for the life of me, I can't get my brain around their theology. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we did talk to some nice kids. But the last, the last kid, I have to confess, this is, this. is he wasn't happy with me. He got a little agitated and he wanted out. And then he even slapped down the $10 Starbucks gift certificate I gave to him for spending time with us. And I had to think it through because that is the first time, I think I can safely say, in years, that somebody has reacted like that, you're just getting on my nose, pal, and and basically walk away. I mean, he wasn't rude. We shook hands, and off he went. But you could tell that he wasn't thrilled with the conversation that just took place. And I had to process that and ask myself the question because I didn't like it. I, I, I wasn't happy that the kid was so unhappy because these conversations typically, and I mean 99% of the time, are so pleasant, so enjoyable. For both parties, I hope. And if this was an experience that caused this kid consternation, I have to ask the question first, is it okay for somebody to get upset? The answer is yes. This is an offensive message. It says you're not perfect. It says Jesus is. It says you can't work. But Jesus' work has paid it all that's offensive and sometimes people are going to get hurt when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs the one that yelps is the one that got hit but i need to ask a follow-up question did i cause that with my tone with my attitude did i push it too far and i may have with him he was a postmodern kid and i just kept pressing it and pressing it so i i live with it but i always want to analyze oh did i sin in the process this is wretched radio yep i get it the thought of not having traditional health insurance it just feels kind of scary i would like to encourage you to discover what mrs freel and i have learned about medishare it is affordable biblical health sharing or 100,000 Christians strong. This is no fly-by-night organization, a ministry that has existed for 27 years, and they have covered together over $4 billion in medical expenses. Please be encouraged to at least check out MediShare.com wretched. The average family will save approximately $500 per month And you can sleep at night knowing that MediShare is sound, affordable, biblical health sharing. MediShare.com slash Wretched.
1: Thanks for joining us on Wretched Radio today. Have you had the opportunity to check out season one of Transformed? It's like nothing else you'll find on Christian TV. You get the opportunity to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions that tackle issues like anxiety and depression and OCD and substance abuse. You'll see how biblical counseling gets to the heart of issues. Transformed is changing lives. And don't just take my word for it. Thank you guys so much for Transformed.
0: Transformed has literally changed my life.
1: Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson do a masterful job with transformed season one is available now at transform.org season two is currently in development as well as transformed couples and all of this is only made possible by our gospel partners if you're not currently a gospel partner check out wretched.org slash donate to get answers to any question you may possibly ever have about becoming a gospel partner that's wretched.org slash donate wretched amazing grace amazing
2: gospel Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Masters Academy International in the Philippines.
1: Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth
0: rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ.
2: Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved. Churches are being built. And yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit Red. Wretched.org slash pastor. Wretched.org pastor.
0: Books of the Bible. First and Second Chronicles traces God's unfolding plan from Adam through the Babylonian captivity. When you wonder what God is doing in the world, Chronicles shows us this pattern. He is calling a people to Himself, placing them under the rule of His King, and preparing them for worship. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's that time. We you
1: know you love yeah. You love our signs. You know you love it. You love our signs. You know you love us. Straight it. from the big guy, we know just what he'd say. Like, oh, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. Everybody. Everybody look
2: This is Wretched Radio 187728. Wait a second. What is this? Oh, Jimmy, sorry. Boy, that wasn't professional at all. What? I, I'm holding on to this update from TMAI. Seriously, this will do your heart good. This is the Masters Academy International. This this is this will bless you. This is Albania. Do you know where Albania is? Well, I can tell you because I happen to know it borders on the Adriatic. How do I know? Because I watched that episode of Cheers when Coach sang about Albania. It is a nation that is not rich. It is impoverished financially, socially, and spiritually. TMAI is there. Listen to this. Our students from Kosovo just finished our two-year preaching program. This took them through Greek hermeneutics, exegesis, and preaching. Then they go back to their churches and they actually exegete the scriptures with their hermeneutical skills to rightly divide the word of truth for God's people. Hold on. You're not encouraged yet. Let me take you to Croatia. Does that border on the Adriatic too? It might. Croatia. They have nine different church plants that are either led by graduates or by a joint team of graduates and faculty members. Croatia has at least nine good churches. I'm telling you, the work of TMAI. It's Germany. Over 250 attendees gathered earlier this year for the Shepherds Conference, where they heard sermons as the mission of the church in the face of the end times. Honduras. We hosted a two-day conference on the topic of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. More than 200 people attended to listen to a correct presentation on such an abused subject, the Holy Spirit. There is probably no more abused person of the Trinity these days than the Holy Spirit. So many people that put so much emphasis on the Holy Spirit that so often do it in a way that really isn't of the Holy Spirit. So 200 people, this is Honduras. They've now graduated over 100 students. That's 100 pastors in 100 churches. Pick your favorite country. Consider supporting TMAI. You can do that at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor, or wretched.org slash Bible. Jimmy, what were we doing? Making oh, yeah. You love
1: you know you love, you yeah. Love
2: You're going to really love them today. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I don't know. Hey, I do, have, I do have a question for you, though. I'm sorry, we're doing church signs. I,
1: I know, but if if you get arrested for being a Christian, Todd, uh-huh. would, would there be enough
2: evidence Hi-oh! to prove it? <laughs> actually, I I I don't mind that one. Yeah, really? I don't because it do, It's it's asking a probing question of believers. That's true. Is there fruit of repentance? So while it's you know kind of a cutesy little saying, I I, I that that one actually doesn't bother me. Okay. Let's see if this one does.
1: Dirt sign, peekaboo, God sees you all the time.
2: Yeah. Why do you need the peekaboo? Huh? Why do you need to trivialize it? It's Halloween. And, oh, I see. <laughs> oh, talk about relevant. Dirt sign, pumpkin spice, and Jesus Christ. Okie dokie. We've got a fall theme going on, don't we? Jimmy. Where's that fall one that I just happen to know is in here? What's that uh, one labeled? It's labeled, uh, is it smoke detector? Uh. No, 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 it wasn't smoke detector. Um, well, we'll just have to make our way through. We're just going to have to endure this until we get to a very <laughs> special fall church sign. Church sign. God is my strength and power. Love it. He is. That's He's our strong tower.
1: Church sign, God's love is sweeter than honey. You just have to believe. Get it?
2: Believe, honey? See, this is how I could be taken to jail. (laughs) That sign makes me want to commit a crime right there. (laughs) Church sign, the rock church, where you belong before you believe Um, You can't belong to a church if you don't believe in Jesus first. So even on a technical level, that's not correct. Do I understand their sentiment? You're welcome here. Yeah. Then what they could say is you're welcome here. Hey,
1: Mr. 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 Creel. This was a bumper sticker at church. And it said, need a lifeguard? Ours walks on water.
2: See, that is just trivializing a grand miracle, showing that God has control over nature. Jesus had control over nature. Ergo, he is God. Let's not cheapen it. Jimmy, did you find our false sign yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. Why would you look for that? Because it's so good. Okay. I think we all need to enjoy it. Church sign. God doesn't need your money, but you need his change. If I were a police officer and I pulled over that church sign, would I write it a ticket? I don't think so. But I do believe I would issue a warning. Bank sign. Wait, no, that is a church
1: sign. Money talks, but it usually just says goodbye.
2: Wait a second. I didn't catch it. Money talks. What? Did but, you, did you it, get that? Yeah, but it just usually says goodbye.
1: Bank sign? Wait, no, that is a church sign. Money talks, <laughs> but it usually just says goodbye.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, okay, true, sort of. However, you need to consider your message. Uh, this is getting a little nitpicky, but it is my specialty. It's a spiritual gift that 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 not everybody if they don't qualify for what it is that you're selling, they're not going to buy it. In other words, there are some people who have made a lot of money and they just keep making money. They can't stop making money. So it's like, yeah, done not leave me. So where does that leave you with a church sign? The answer is nowhere. Now, could you say something about money that riches are, are fleeting because that is a principle? Yeah. Could you talk about it like money is the source of all kinds of evil? Yeah. But I would simply ask the question, and what am I trying to say? What do I want people to hear? Or is it just a cutesy sort of, oh, that's kind of clever, and we slap it up on a church sign?
1: Church sign, what is morally wrong, should never be made politically correct.
2: Correct. Okay. No problem. I think it was from The Simpsons. I think we've got that sound effect someplace. Once the government says it's legal, it's no longer morally wrong. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is.
1: Church
2: sign. Oh, wait a minute. That's not a church. That's an LDS temple. Never mind. It is an LDS temple. Yeah. Well, we could have seen that church Uh, sign. I thought the same thing. You can't see in the windows because they don't tend to have them. That is a sign that somebody's trying to keep a secret, which is one of the marks of a cult. We don't let the world know what's going on behind closed doors. You'll be hard-pressed to find a window at an LDS temple, and certainly in Salt Lake City. Church sign. Get ready. Pumpkins are coming. That's it. How's about Jesus is coming? Huh? That's better. I, how's about that?
1: I've got a search sign here for you. If you like treats, you should try our Sundays.
2: Oh, I thought it was going to be a Halloween thing. Then... <laughs> and- <laughs> We won't give you tricks or something. Oh, but then one, people would confuse it with a breakfast cereal. That, that
1: one's in there somewhere. <laughs>
2: That'd be such. <laughs> 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 All right. Where's
1: the one, Jimmy? I can't find it. You prepared it. I know. I know.
2: I've, oh, I've, I've how can you it. not know it? Okay. Okay. There's only like 30 to look through. <laughs> I cannot remember. I think I got it. I think I got it. Okay. I have no bias in this. Let's hope this is the right one. I have no bias in this. This might be the best church sign call-in we've ever had. Church sign! Autumn leaves. Jesus doesn't. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That was brilliant. (laughs) Brilliantly delivered. That didn't even sound like me. No way. It was on a cell phone. I drove by it, and I thought I would call our own number (laughs) to share that. Leave. What is autumn? Autumn Autumn, leaves. Autumn leaves. Jesus doesn't. The autumn leaves, and Jesus doesn't. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, it's true. Never leave you nor forsake you, but you need to be in Christ for, for that verse to qualify for you. Church signs. I wouldn't say we need to tear down every sign, but. Coming up with some standards certainly wouldn't be a terrible idea. And perhaps just one question we can all ask before we call, we we post a church sign. What are we trying to communicate? You've got two audiences, believers and unbelievers. Which one are you addressing? And what are you trying to say to them? And if you want to say to the Christian that Jesus never leaves, then you could quote a Bible verse instead of, Until tomorrow, go serve your king.